0: best friend. That's who we are. That's what we spend all day, every day, all week long trying to become. And then we show up every Saturday morning to put this live radio show on, radio broadcast, to answer any question you have about your house, home, castle, or cabin. You can join the conversation by dialing one We've been voted Arizona's number one homeowner resource and contractor referral directory for 15 years running in a row. We've been doing the show for 35 years. We're here to put our building and remodeling experience to work for you. And we've been building and remodeling in Arizona exclusively for 48 years. Years, No matter where you are in Arizona and no matter what you want to do, chances are we've been there and we've already tried it once or twice. So put our experience to work. It's free. The phone call is free. one 767 4348 Doing all we can to become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. One of the things we do is we push out a subscription-only newsletter to thousands of Arizona homeowners every single Thursday. It kind of gives you an indication of what we're going to be covering on the broadcast that coming weekend, as well as tips and advice you cannot get anywhere else. Those of you that are Rosie on the House insiders and subscribers to the newsletter know we're going to one of my preciously guarded topics in the next hour because it's preciously guarded because it's so vital everything on the planet and there's so much bad information about it we're here to set the record straight and i'm talking about water how can you complicate h2o well boy they do and to help us through the conversation we've got mr john owens from Connecticut here john h2o it's simple man Well, it should be. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's not. Oh, mercy, mercy, mercy. And and just in the way of uh, current events, um, as it relates to water, uh, I mean, the EPA has kind of shuffled the card on the entire industry in the last 12 or 18 months.
1: Yeah, there, there's, uh, water's a rapidly changing subject, and what ends up happening every year, there's about 12 to 15 new contaminants identified. and what Every they, year? Every single year. And so every time there's new contaminants, then they have to establish new standards. And so when I was a kid growing up here, uh, like a lot of you idiots, I stood under a crop duster as it would fly over. We'd drink out of a garden hose and ride in the back of pickup trucks. Hopefully, we have evolved a generation or two. We now ride in a cab, <laughs> buckle up, have airbags. And if we get t boned we're probably here tomorrow, and a whole whole lot less crunchy than if we were sitting in the back of a truck. So when I when I was a kid, we'd drink out of the garden hose, and the sure. water water was from the ground. Then they enacted the State Groundwater Management Act that mandates in Maricopa County we have to transition from wells to surface water. We started using Colorado River water, and then the Colorado started getting used by California. So now there's many different sources of the water. And some years ago, they had the Erin Brockovich story in California. Oh, yeah, it sure. had to do with chromium-6, hexavalent chromium. And then they found, oh, my, we have a higher concentration here in the valley than she ever thought about. And that's measured in parts per million. And then a few years later, they found out, oh my, there's arsenic in the water. And they found out at 10 parts per million, one person in 10,000 demonstrates ill health effect, Routinely, we hit above that number, and then just this last year, they came up with what they call PFOA, PFOS. The, there's 45 of them, and they're measured in parts per trillion, and it's at four parts per trillion is one person in 10,000 demonstrate jail health effect. And recently, they had a ranking in the United States, and Arizona was number nine for the worst. And we have some of the highest concentration of PFOA, PFOS. Initially, they found it in things like firefighting foam adjacent to Luke Air Force Base. Now they're finding it in all kinds of containers, cardboard, styrofoam. It's it's in everyday life impacting us. So initially, when people are concerned about water, they go, hey, what's up with my water? Uh, what you want to do is probably have your water tested, and so you, if you have city water, the good thing is
0: the cities have to test it on a regular basis. On that, on that topic, and as it relates to PFAS, um, this new environmental standard, when it was released, there were, there were news press releases and and one sheets and material data sheets going out that the new standard. Could put a significant number of the urban water treatment plants in need of some pretty expensive remodeling to meet the new standard. It went from, do you know off? You, you, you yeah. talk billions and trillions, like like you work for the U.S. Treasury Department. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, all, it's all just decimal points. But I mean, it went from, it went from a a pretty large number. I mean, they dropped that thing. Exponentially,
1: yeah, it's a it's a big deal, and it's something that's still being grappled with. But the American Water Works Association and the Municipal Water Trade Association, they believe in a confident a, a concept called consumer choice, meaning that we ourselves have a choice as to how good we'd like our water to be. So while the cities and municipalities are grappling with what are they going to do about it to comply with it, right. it's up to all of us to take personal responsibility to decide how good we want to have our water. So some people go, hey, I don't care. I'm going to bury my head in the sand. Other people go, hey, I want to do something about it. And you could do everything from a simple filter all the way up to high-tech treatment. What you want to do is start with identify what's in the water. Testing. Testing. Is that and expensive? T- uh, well, it depends. If you go to the, the the cities have, if you have city water, they have to test every three years. The type of test that they do every three years is about eighty-five thousand dollars. Oh, if you have a private well, the EPA suggests you have your water tested at least every five years. You don't have to spend $85,000. Simplest thing to do is go to the Rosie Referral Network, find one of his recommended experts, a certified expert in water, and they can tell you what type of test to do. So if you have a shared well, you can pool your resources. If you have three or four houses on a shared well, you can pool your resources. And you can go to the Department of Health Services, and they have a list of laboratories that you can actually look up. I have a bias toward Arizona laboratory, so there's local laboratories. that. And are you can them.
0: go there as a homeowner. They tr- they service the public. Correct.
1: And, okay. and and what you can do is you can spend, you know, say, four or $500, and you can have a pretty comprehensive look. And if you have a copy of the well drill log that the well driller provided when they drilled the well and a copy of the water analysis and submit it to a the House referral on the referral network, one of the certified partners, what we can do is we can evaluate that information and give you a recommendation. And so we have a new concept called Water Score, and what ends up happening is we can end up coming out to the home and we can look at that, whether it's city water or well water, we can look at the current water setup, we can actually look and see if there's any treatment involved at the same time, we can actually discuss the options and opportunities to be able to move up the water score. So most of America starts say around a 50 on the water score. Okay. And Arizona, because we have, you know, we're we're kind of in the lower desert, we end up having a lot of souvenirs present in the water, yeah, where, they, where sure. they end up having, you know, high hardness, high chlorine, high other things, which kind of bring us down a little bit. But then a lot of times people have a like fridge, fridge filter that might move you up a wee tad. So our goal is to show you where you're at now and then also be able to show you how to be able to move the highest highest
0: score possible. If you've and, got questions about water treatment, now's your opportunity to visit with John Owens, one 767 4348 tons of bad information out there on this particular industry if you're confused at all or have any question we'd welcome you to join the conversation
2: that's right you can hear about all kinds of water treatment and all kinds of ads all over the radio TV news but only here can you actually talk to the guys that purify it at Rosie on the house 1-888-767-4348. that's one triple eight Rosie for you and we've said for a long time you know you were talking about $85,000 for the cities to test the water
1: for a comprehensive test yes
2: now that's at the treatment site where they treat the water correct correct Correct. I mean they're not going to point of use and testing
1: no no and so at the point of use if you're going to test at the point of entry and point of use that would be up to the homeowner and so a lot of times people just go down to the hardware store and, and find a DIY test kit and actually test it and the problem is those things aren't very accurate. And so what you want to do is get, get like, like I said, if you, Rosie, a lot of the public has no idea how extensive the research and background that Rosie, the Rosie Referral Network it encompasses. But all the contractors are background check, they're licensed bonded contractors, and they have experts and uh, and so if you have an expert that's from the Rosie network they can actually look at the water test they can actually do local tests on site we can establish things like the total hardness the TDS the pH the chlorine value We could also do an assessment of the plumbing and see, hey, do you have CPVC plumbing, copper plumbing, what size, what's the fixture unit count, is it a three-story house or (laughs) one-story house? So all those are variables that would impact the water. And so if you have an old house that's 60 years old and you have galvanized plumbing and cast iron pipe, that might be a different setup than if you have a brand-new 3,000-square-foot house.
2: Now, I don't know if when you woke up this morning your intent was to come down here. And apply for the to be the Rosie on the House spokesman, but you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, you got the job. But uh, coming out of the city, it, you know, it's got all these tests and treated and safe. Now, but something I never thought about, and I'm I'm springing this on you, is how yeah. long those uh, where did that picture go water from? supply lines Ooh. have been underground, and you know, you look inside your water heater, and there's obviously sediment that builds up. That sediment had to come from delivery. And this picture I'm showing you is a water supply line that's being replaced. And what's inside of that? Uh, what
1: it, well, it depends on the feed water source and also the pipe construction. But what ends up happening is in Arizona, most of the houses are going to be like, say, slab-built houses. And the plumbing, if it's an older house, the plumbing is going to be in the slab. If it's a newer, newer house, the plumbing is going to be in the attic. And on straight pipe, there's very little buildup. However, wherever the the pipe bends an angle, you're going to end up having a 90 or an L or the temperature changes like a water heater or a dish machine, or you have a delivery point like a faucet or a fixture, you're going to have a buildup. And typically the, in Arizona, it's going to be calcium and magnesium reacted with carbon dioxide, forms a compound called calcium carbonate or water hardness. Now, in some communities, they have manganese, iron, iron bacteria, and they have other buildups. So the picture you have is going to be a combination of that. But also, if you have a metal pipe, like a cast iron pipe, you're going to end up having some buildup as well. So that's a combination of all those factors.
0: All right. I've lived in Scottsdale for 55 years. Romy and I have drank Cave Creek sewer water at the Scottsdale water treatment plant. I believe in the city of Scotia water treatment plant, but I've got a water treatment system in my house. Y'all stay tuned and I'll tell you why.
2: Now, I don't like to go backwards. I'm always a forward guy, but I'm going backwards right now. If you're new to the program or you missed last year, John Owens was in studio with us last August talking about Forever Chemicals, also known as PFABs. And listening to that is kind of a a lead up to this segment that we're talking about as well. It's a continued education. So if you just type in Kinetico into our search engine at rosieonthehouse.com, you can go to that podcast. You can also go to today's program september 2nd and there will be a link to that previous conversation because we go through the education of what forever chemicals are and since that time and today there's been a pretty significant lawsuit against a company that we all know you their products are so abundant Uh, i could probably look around and name five things in this room that they produced but they got hit with a, a how big was the lawsuit for dumping?
1: It was a forever a, chemicals yeah, in the a water, multi billion dollar lawsuit, and and so that was just one of many, and they're being sued by the attorney generals in virtually every state in the country, and uh, as a mitigation factor in uh, one of the companies, uh, what they had to do is buy they bought a Connecticut for fifty thousand houses, they recently added another two hundred thousand houses, oh. and that was on the east coast, oh. and because it was the best available technology.
2: Well, and that was kind of a long way of going about that. That Part of the settlement for that is the water treatment systems and the water treatment systems they're using is the kinetical Kinetical brand.
1: Exactly. And it, it and that it's it's good you know like you say you mentioned the PFOA, PFOS the problem with it is water a lot of we use all these technical terms like what's in the water and that kind of thing basically a lot of people are concerned they move in they got a brand new house they want to keep their house looking nice and the first thing they do is take a shower and they go oh my gosh it looks like chicken pox on the shower and they run the dish dish machine they bring out the dishes and they're spotty white and crusty and they take a shower they get dry itchy skin have to use extra hand creams body creams lotions. And people go, oh my, oh what I do. So they maybe get a fridge filter, and then if the dispenser dispenses out the door, the bottom shelf is spotty, white, and crusty, and they go, man, so much for the fridge filter, it doesn't work too good. So people are always looking for, you know, what can I do better? So when you have somebody that like an expert come to your home, what we can do is look at the pressure, the pipe size, the plumbing, the water quality. And from there, we can recommend the potential options. Sometimes people, are they may be concerned with only the aesthetics. They're concerned with uh, uh, the shower, uh, like I said, the dishes, that kind of thing. Sometimes they're concerned with what's in the water from a scientific or chemical uh, pollutant point of view. Sometimes they're just concerned with taste and odor. So the treatment methodologies can vary anywhere from a simple little filter to a sediment filter, to a cartridge filter, to a cation exchange resin that removes the hardness in the water, to maybe a deionization or distillation, or we can get into uh, purification. Connecticut uh, K- has a device called the K5 that produces microbiolo- microbiologically pure water that also removes virus and bacteria from the water. But there's not a one-shoe-size-fits-all, so it makes sense to make sure the problem the solution marry up so you don't want to have overkill you don't need something that NASA's going to need if you're somebody that doesn't have that those type of problems but if you do have problems with uh, say the plumbing you have some problems with the hardness with the chlorine the uh, bi- the, the uh, contaminants, then you might want to look at a more comprehensive solution so typically we're looking at three four five steps to be able to address the water. So it's not an easy peasy, you know, you just do a 99 cent solution for a complex problem.
0: That's not unlike the story at my own house. Uh, Having lived in the same house for 40 years, uh, being supplied by city of Scottsdale, uh, I always trusted the water supply. I trusted it to the point, like I say, Romy and I drank a glass of water at the Scottsdale Water Treatment Center. And after we finished the glass of water, they said that was flushed down the toilet in Cave Creek about 12 hours ago. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So anyway, so I trust the water supply, but I wanted, I began with, let's get rid of the chlorine. I just don't like the odor, the off-gassing, the taste. So then it's a refrigerator, charcoal filter, you know, container. And then one child went to three children, went to four children, went to five children. The container couldn't keep up. So then we went to a charcoal filter under the counter. And then my friends got more successful in life and snooty and started talking about the floaties and the glasses of water I was serving. So then I had to get rid of the floaties. And we just kind of evolved to the point where I I don't know that I, I would want to live in a house that wasn't serviced by a whole house water treatment system.
1: Yeah, and I would I would say that that's, you know, once you understand the difference, it's a black and white difference. But every community has different things. So if you live in Flagstaff, you probably need mud and snow tires. You need a, a, a shovel for that that thing. In Arizona, in the lower desert, we're going to have a few more souvenirs. So you yeah. might need a more complex treatment. Okay. Yeah.
0: Souvenirs. The, clo- the closer you get to the source, the better off you are, right? right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, we're here with John Owens of Connecticut. John, if if someone had a question that can't get in right now, how would they reach so so what you what you
1: can do is you can go to our website connecticoaz.com or you can call our number 602-910-6570 and we can help you my name is john owens you can request john i can help you out and i can tell you we treat all of our customers with respect the rosy customers vips
0: all right and we'll be back with john here for another half hour if you've got a question about water treatment i couldn't encourage you more we got the guy with the answers right here join us at 767-4348.
2: Now, before we get to Chris, who's got a great question, something we've all heard at some time or another, does softened water corrode metal piping, Uh, I think we just need to get to... Uh, I I can't have John in and not let the listeners know what kind of Arizona royalty you're talking to. (laughs) You you talked about souvenirs earlier. Yes, sir. Uh, You've got family that competed in the world's oldest rodeo. And I don't mean recently. The first rodeo in Prescott. You had family members competing in.
1: Correct. My great-grandma, a lady named Kate Jackson, was a footnote in Arizona history. She was the first lady to compete in the rodeo in Prescott. And so they lived in a place called Minnehaha Flats, which yes, is out near I Skull. I love Minnehaha. <laughs> out near Skull Valley. And uh, she had a ranch, and all the men in her died died in her family. She was 14 years of age. She started running a ranch, and they grew cattle for the mines for food. Then they, when she married, they moved to the valley, delivered ice to people's ice boxes. And then one of her kids was the biggest sugar beet farmer in Arizona. So my family's been here in Arizona since 1860 and they procreate like rabbits. So I have about 600 family members <laughs> that reside in Arizona.
2: <laughs> so the souvenirs they had in their water aren't the souvenirs we're dealing with today.
1: Correct. When you get, wa- when you get water in school, we learned water was H2O. But then we kind of started snoozing and not paying attention. But what what we forgot about is water's a solvent. It's called the universal solvent. So whatever it's touched is reflected back in the water. So back in the East Coast some years ago, they had acid rain. So when water goes through the atmosphere, it picks up souvenirs. When it hits the ground, it picks up whatever's present in the ground. If it soaks into the ground or runs off, it picks that up and so when you get to the lower desert you have a quite a bit more so it, when i was uh, if you look at it the water in seattle chicago new york seattle's about twenty parts per million on the conductivity Uh, In Chicago, it's going to be about 40, New York City at 68, and the numbers here in the Valley go anywhere from 300, well well above 2,000, and at 500 is the maximum suggested by the U.S. EPA, and if you did uh, a—I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nurse, but if you did an epidemiological study of 1,000 adults in Seattle, Chicago, New York, and said how many people ever had a gallstone, kidney stone, urinary tract infection— maybe 20 people in a thousand if you ask a thousand adults who've been in Arizona for 5 years and said how many of us have had that between 3 and 400 so i'm assuming you drink water with more souvenirs which is a scientific fact ama suggests you drink eight glasses of water per day increase it ounces every 10 pounds above the norm every decade of life above the norm every 10 degrees above the norm which means we should drink a gallon per day per person the risk factors less problem is nobody does that the second thing is the economic consequence so when you're when your house you buy a house people have fire insurance but what they don't realize is when their house burns down and you rebuild between 40 and 50 percent of the new construction costs is tied up with faucets plumbing fixtures appliances that use water so, what a good water system is—it's water heater insurance, dishwasher insurance. So, what ends up happening is—is is the caller—I can address the question that the caller said. We're going to bring or, him on. Okay, no problem. I'll—I'll I'll, I'll come back to that. So, they—what uh, ends up happening is it, if you look at it—is it, the water heater will double in life with a good water system the dishwasher will double in life with a good water system. On the side of a water heater is the projected or estimated cost of eating the water. If you increase that by one-eighth of one-inch scale, that happens in about nine weeks, that increases that cost by 17%. With the hot topic nowadays is the tankless water heaters, 31%. So, a water system is one of the few items of home improvements in a house that you got to use every day. You got to brush and flush every day and actually pays for itself with typical two people in a house less than 24 months. Family, it's going to be about 12 months.
2: Well, this is great information, but just for the record, I'm never going to forgive you for giving away one of my favorite secret, secluded camping spots in Arizona. (laughs) All right, Chris, welcome to the program. You've got a great question on water softening equipment. Let me bring you into the conversation here. Let me introduce you to Mr. John Owens. You two gentlemen, take it away.
1: Go ahead and ask your question, sir.
3: This is a female. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no problem, no problem. So I've been told um, that soft water, adding a soft water softener can be somewhat corrosive to copper pipes, causing an increase in copper in the water, causing blue tinged water. This has been going on for me in particular for over over a year, a couple years, and no one can solve this mystery. So I'm hoping that you can, I am really excited to, to hear your answer and, and your take on this.
1: We'll give it a shot. What area, where do you live at? What, what area are you like in? I'm in
3: north, yeah, northwest Phoenix.
1: Okay. And so like Peoria, Glendale?
3: Uh, so I'm just north of the 101 and west of 35th Avenue.
1: Got it. So it's Phoenix water, okay. I, I, that's what I was trying to establish, yeah. what your water source is. So what ends up happening is, the, if you look at it, the the, the issue you're seeing is a blue-greenish blue, tint, a blue greenish tint on the copper. And what ends up happening is there's thousands of factors that impact this thing called corrosion, which is what you have going on there. So if you have soft water or hard water, it's a fairy tale to believe that soft water is going to be more corrosive. So I can tell you 100% it's not soft water that's causing the issue. So if you have, uh, for a while, there were some lower grade imported copper that basically had thinner wall than the specs. And then also if there's not good grounding on the plumbing or if you have different dissimilar metals that come into contact with each other, meaning if you have a place in your home... Where galvanized pipe touches the copper pipe, it can create oxidation and buildup. And so what I would do is, is if you grab a sample of the water and send it to a laboratory and have them look at the, the laboratory analysis, they should be able to take a look at that. I would look at the things like the pH and the grounding, and then also make sure you don't have any different dissimilar metals, like maybe the nipple on top of the water heater that might be galvanized and it's touching the copper and it's creating that oxidation that's going on. So your issue is not the fact if it's soft or hard water, the issue of the the uh, green-type tint in your particular case, most likely it's related to either the grounding or you have two different dissimilar metals that are contacting each other.
2: And while we're on the topic of water and metal, and soft water in particular, is there anything to take into account on stainless steel and particularly filling up your coffee pot in the morning and putting it on, uh, I've heard like you don't use softened water in a stainless steel coffee pot.
1: Um, that's that's a misconception. So I I, I would tell you that uh, you know if you look at it, the the water soft water is not. Corrosive, and so the Battelle Institute basically they've done extensive studies with water heaters and water and life cycle, and they found that in fact that good water is going to end up like soft water, extending the life of the water heater, reducing the scale and corro- corrosion, reducing the oxidation. So it's a more of a benefit than it is a detriment. So if if on your coffee, if you look at the high end coffee places, they end up they they don't use soft water either. What they'll do is take water that's been mechanically filtered, dechlorinated, softened, and purified to be able to get the very best, highest quality water.
2: And in most installations after the softening unit, we have a water purification dispenser at the kitchen sink. Correct. So that's your high-end coffee water right there that you go to a coffee plantation to get. That's what you can get right off of your RO.
1: Correct, and, and if you ever want to know about water, like if you're camping or going to a new restaurant, you're just uncertain what's <laughs> the best water, what you can do is just put down various samples. All you need is a little plastic cap like for a water bottle, and if you line up 100 samples, take any animal, a butterfly, cat, dog, cow, make them choose, don't give them any other water, and 100% of the time they will default and empty the purest one first. So if you're not sure which one's the best, find a dog, find a cat, test it out, there's
0: your answer.
2: Why weren't we given that gift?
0: <laughs> 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 now, on that point of uh, plumbing, piping, and water treatment, now once we run it through an RO, we've got to change the the piping system, right? Yeah, it,
1: and so typically there's many different technologies. RO refers to a term called reverse osmosis. So it's just one of a plethora of type of water treatment. So RO uses a, a more concentrated solution, English uh, craft from the tap, we take pressure and apply it to that, force it through a membrane. There's a pure water, a, a, a small hole, there's 100,000 of a micron pure water goes through and they concentrate or reject water go down the drain. So because it produces water at a very slow rate, typically it's isolated in the kitchen. So you may have a, an, if you do it a rosy remodel and you might have a RO manifold, you could have a line going to a sink, to a pot filler, to a steam oven, to a coffee maker. Many people only have just the kitchen sink. Sometimes people also include a pot filler or they may also include the refrigerator. But that's the highest quality water. So you don't use that water for for flushing down the commode, but for cooking and drinking, you might have that for the best water.
0: Yeah, and we, we don't run that through a copper line once it's been RO'd.
1: Yeah, and so when it when it's going to be through the RO, because of the low conductivity, the total dissolved solids, it'll have a tendency to, uh, it again, water being a solvent, it's going to be a greater solvent. And so if you run it through copper, it can lead the lead, copper, and zinc, and the copper back into the water. So we, we suggest using a purified water uh, pipe, and you can end up using uh, uh, PEX-type tubing. Uh, they would be designed for pure water, and basically that way you can use that for cooking and drinking. But RO is good. It's just one of many technologies. The problem with RO is that they're notorious. They waste a lot of water, that kind of thing. So we have a higher-end technology called the K5 drinking water station that actually recovers the wastewater, pressurizes the line water, and it, removes the, it has the ability to remove 99.69s for virus or bacteria, which most RO systems can't.
0: That's huge being able to restore because the way the RO works is the water untreated enters a series of filters. Occasionally, those series of filters, like your swimming pool, need to be backwashed. And cleaned off. Then you've got that wastewater going down drain. Now, y'all are recapturing that? Yeah, what we do is we...
1: we, We're we're able to... So Arizona water's a precious resource. We need every drop we can get. Amen. And so typically, RO by technology wastes about 10 gallons to make a gallon. Some of the industry goes five gallons wasted for one good gallon. Some of them are down to three. Connecticut can get down to literally a one-to-one permeate-to-reject ratio, which means one good gallon, one bad gallon. And it's the world's most efficient water system so it's the world's most efficient system which means in English a lower operating cost less water wasted less maintenance
2: you said something that I hadn't heard a word plethora
1: plethora yeah
2: did, was that a was that supposed to be a plethora yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey well he'll believe read redneck word <laughs> Okay, I, I was just curious. I, okay. I was like, I, I hadn't heard that one before. Did, was it? Is it a new word I didn't okay. know, or was that? That's right. I got
1: the grammar teacher from Whitman <laughs> educate me. Well, there, you wow. there you go. There you go. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh
0: I don't. Uh, I can't resist the temptation of talking about salt-based treatment systems, and how they're constantly being. Fear tactics are being used to sell against them. Um, How much sodium is in a glass of softened water? Well, it all depends on the feed water.
1: So, in in Arizona, like in Maricopa County, we live in a community called the Salt River Valley, and it didn't get the name accidentally. Half right, a mi- half right. a mile under our feet, there's a three-mile-thick solid salt deposit that encompasses the whole valley, and the extraction point for that is at the intersection of Glendale and Desert Road in the West Valley, across from Luke. And they bring the water to, they bring the briny water, the salty water, like you gargle with, to the surface. They evaporate the water, harvest the salt. So, if you use road salt, rock salt, table salt, about 85% of the the use is actually provided right here in the Valley. But what ends up happening when you say a salt-based technology, there's no such thing. So when you're gonna soften the water, you a cation exchange resin, Resin gets cleaned with sodium chloride, potassium chloride, hydrochloric acid. Like your dirty clothes, you throw them in the laundry. Tide, whisk, and shear, clean the clothes. Just like the laundry goes to a rinse to rinse the soap down the drain, the softener goes to a rinse to rinse the salt down the drain. In the case of Kinetico, when you have a Kinetico cation exchange resin, the water coming from the softener is low-sodium drinking water defined by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. The K5 is sodium-free. So the water coming with a Kinetico softener is going to be low-sodium drinking water, which means in English it's safe to use and cook and drink, hence all the hospitals use them.
0: Welcome back to Rosie on the House, where getting the facts on water treatment can be as hard as seeing the sun through a mile-high haboob storm. So we are here to clear the air on the information about water treatment.
3: Hey, guys, I do have a caller. His name is David. Kind of wanted to go a little more serious on the topic. Uh, You you willing to go there, John?
0: Let's see if we can help him. Go ahead. Mr.
3: David. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Rosie. This is David, uh, also known as Digger from Winslow. All right, Um, very good. But anyway, this is actually a a big old plug for the RO system, Uh, because our water has not been very safe here in Phoenix, especially on the west side, um, where a lot of my friends and neighbors died from the uh, Maryvale cancer cluster. And uh, you may not be aware of it, but uh, these forever chemicals are nothing new to us. They were killing us way back in the 70s, 60s and 70s. So I just wanted to just curious us a little bit about the uh, souvenirs in our water there's a whole lot of industrial souvenirs from 50-gallon drums that were dumped out in the desert um, back when the west side was 27th Avenue and there was a whole yeah. lot of desert out west of there. So anyway, that, that's it. Love your show. Thank you, and, David. Uh, just, yeah, I, I wanted to lend a
0: little perspective and,
3: and you know, souvenirs. There, there's a whole lot of deadly souvenirs down there too.
0: Well, we appreciate that, Dave, and, and and you're introducing the topic at a level we never wanted to, because Rosie's uh, perspective is that there are so many poorly run water treatment companies that like to scare you into needing it, and there's and and I don't, I never like to take that position, although there are hazards that have been, but. For a water treatment company to constantly use scare tactics to get you to buy their product, I've always been on the other side of that. So, John, why don't you we, – we talk about souvenirs. We're trying to make a, a picture. But, but David's right. There, there is something called the Maryville Cancer yes. Cluster.
1: Exactly, and the Maryville cancer cluster is a. It, 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 what ended up happening? It was thought that it had to do with the tank farms, which are located between 51st and 59th of Van Buren and Buckeye. That just happens to be my great grandma's homestead when they moved to the valley and so my uh, my great uncle was born in the house and he was the last house residential house in that whole commercial corridor and within a 14 mile radius of that, it's one of the highest concentrations of, of leukemia in the united states wow it was suspected that 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 the tank farms had something to do with it and it's been ongoing being litigated over and over again and i don't mean to tread lightly when i say souvenirs i'm just being politically correct bottom line is there's thousands and thousands of contaminants in the West Valley alone, 100 most polluted sites in the United States, 15 of them are located at EPA Superfund sites in the West Valley. So, 15 what, of the yeah, top 100? Yeah, and so Arizona, we, water pollution is a very serious issue. And what I would suggest is because it's serious, we don't want to scare people. What I would do is get with a rosy expert like myself, and what we can do is we can evaluate all of the information. We can look at the water reports, the water analysis, and today's technology and come up with something reasonable and prudent that works for you to reduce your risk. Digger,
0: we appreciate you calling in and raising it to the level you did. We know it's serious. We really do. Uh, but again, I, we just don't like going to the scare tactics globally as a reason to uh, sell
2: water treatment equipment. Pe- the, people are going to want to know how to get a hold of John. At the beginning of this segment, you'd alluded to the movie Aaron Brockovich about a lawsuit and the water contaminants that they were talking about. In that movie, you know, scale in comparison to what we're dealing with today. But there was another one with John Travolta, Civil, a civil Action, all about. You know, a, wa- a water supply contaminating a local town. I mean, it it's nothing new. I mean, both of these movies are over 20 years old.
1: Yeah, in water, it's a the the difference is, is today when I was a kid, the population. I remember the sign said, "Welcome to Phoenix, population 50,000." Welcome to Phoenix, 100,000. Today in Maricopa County, we have 5.4 million people. Our county has a greater population than 26 individual states, and they say when we're done, we'll have 24 million people in that transition. We have more people, the same or less water. And so when the planet was created, all the water was on day one, it's there today. The difference is we reuse it over and over, and we have more souvenirs. How would they get a hold of you, John? Uh, you can call us at 602-910-6570 or kineticoaz.com. My name is John Owens. If you have questions, contact us directly. We would love to help you off-air, on-air, whatever you need. Thank then-
2: from that website, you can also get the local number if you're in Casa Grande or Tucson. Y'all service correct? You know, we're, we're both major cities. Yeah, in we, Arizona. we take
1: care of uh, you know from Flagstaff to Tucson, from you know any anywhere. If you, like Rosie
0: says, your home, <laughs> castle, or cabin, basically we can help you with water anywhere. John, with Connecticut, thank you for participating in the ongoing education of Arizona homeowners. It's our purpose at Rosie on the House to clear the air. On water treatment equipment. Thanks Thanks. a million for the information. Thanks for having us. You might have to listen to it again and just put it on slow play. (laughs)